You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. lies between here and the end can be very, very troubling, can be downright discouraging. And that's why we got to keep our perspective, put one foot in front of the other every day, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. One day in the end, we'll stand before him and oh, what a wonderful thing to be able to hear him say, well done. Though it might be difficult, you're to faithfully walk in the Lord every day. The more so that you do this, the more that you'll find that your life will radiate as a blessing to others. Today, Pastor Danny encourages you to remain diligent in your walk with Jesus. He assures you that no matter how difficult it may seem at times, committing to Jesus will always be worth the trouble. Commit yourself to Christ. Make Him as much a part of your day as breathing is. Allow Him to be the one that inspires your actions. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel chapter 7 as he continues his message, A Prophetic Nightmare. is ancient Greece. Alexander the Great conquered the then known world faster than any other ancient power. Over 11,000 square miles from Greece in the west to India in the east and all that. And for that day, a short amount of time, eight years. I mean, they just kind of ran across and just gobbled up everybody. But Alexander died as a young man. Nobody expected him to die. He died suddenly. And then they were like, they were like, what are we going to do with all this empire? Well, here's what they did. They divided the empire up to his four top generals, and there is the authority given to the four. That's his four generals after his death. Fascinating. But then this last beast, dual meaning, ancient Rome, but also a revived Rome. That's clear from Scripture, especially, again, when you compare the verses in Revelation, which deal with this period primarily known as the Great Tribulation that's coming upon the world, a seven-year period. Antichrist, we call him, will rule a ten-nation confederation, and they will dominate the planet. It's interesting that Rome was never conquered by a foreign power. Rome kind of just imploded over time, just kind of died out. And guess what? Rome's coming back. That's the prophecy. That's the nightmare. It's not the first time Daniel has been given these prophetic details. No, no, no. Daniel chapter 2, 
Oh, I know, you're getting old like me. Daniel chapter 2, that's a long time ago. Let's go back. Okay, let's go back. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. What was his dream? He sees this giant human statue. And Daniel interprets his dream of this giant human statue. The head of gold is Babylon. The chest and arms of silver is Medo-Persia. The belly and thighs of bronze is ancient Greece. The legs of iron are ancient Rome. How many toes? Ten toes. And the feet with the ten toes of iron and clay, iron and clay because they're a people not of one language. They're a united people of different nations, a ten-nation confederation. Fascinating stuff. It's the same message in chapter 2 as it is in chapter 7 with one notable difference. Daniel sees four beasts, and for Daniel, it's a nightmare. Nebuchadnezzar sees a great human statue of which he's the head of gold. And even after the truth of that prophetic dream is told to him by Daniel, he still continues to exalt himself. He stands out on his balcony. Is this not the great Babylon which I have built by my power? And so the difference in the dream in chapter 2, which is Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and Daniel's nightmare in chapter 7 is simply this. Daniel chapter 2 is man's perspective. How much can I conquer? How great can I become? And Daniel chapter 7 is man exalting himself and heaven's perspective, kings come and kings go. Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall. But there's coming a king, and he will not be elected. It will be a sovereign act. He's coming with the clouds of heaven, and he will set up his kingdom. And if you're smart enough to submit your life to him, when he sets up his kingdom... He'll invite you to become a part, and you will rule and reign forever and ever and ever and ever. And he's going to take care of your retirement plan. He's going to take care of your aging problem. He's going to take care of all your problems. In the end, we win. <laughs> In the end, we win. I know you're excited about that, but hang on. Hey, I know you're excited about that, but hang on. <laughs> Daniel knows that. Right? It's right there. It's right there in chapter 2. It's right there in chapter 7. So I have a question. Why is Daniel so troubled? He doesn't just end with, well, we win in the end. Praise the Lord. No, no, not, no. Go back to the chapter. Chapter 7, chapter 7, verse 19. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast. It's not enough Verse 18, the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and possess it forever and ever. Praise the Lord, we win. No, Daniel, Daniel's like, I want to know the true meaning of the fourth beast. I got questions, which was different from all the others, most terrifying, with its iron teeth and bronze claws, the beast that crushed and devoured its victims and trampled underfoot whatever was left. I also wanted to know about the ten horns on its head, and about the other horn that came up, before which three of them fell, the horn that looked more imposing than the others, and that had eyes and a mouth that spoke boastfully. As I watched, this horn was waging war against the saints and defeating them. Please note that. I don't want to note it, but I did note it. 
in the end we win, but here it doesn't look like we're winning. Till the Ancient of Days came and pronounced judgment in favor of the saints of the Most High, and the time came when they possessed the kingdom. And he gave me this explanation. The fourth beast is a fourth kingdom that will appear on earth. It'll be different from all the other kingdoms and will devour the whole earth. The whole earth. America will not be a superpower in this day. Trampling it down and crushing it. The ten horns are ten kings who will come from this kingdom. After them, another king will arise different from the earlier ones. He will subdue three kings. He'll speak against the Most High. Oppress his saints. Try to change the set times and the laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times, and a half a time. That is three and a half years. That's half of what we know of as the Great Tribulation period. Be an awful time for people who have faith in Christ. Verse 26, but the court will sit, and his power will be taken away and completely destroyed forever. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be handed over to the saints, the people of the Most High. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will worship and obey him. And again, Daniel sees the end, and he knows in the end, we win. But that's not how he closes the chapter. I don't want you to miss this last verse. Verse 28, this is the end of the matter. I, Daniel, was deeply troubled by my thoughts. And my face turned pale. Stop there for just a minute. I want you to appreciate what he's saying here. He's saying, I got depressed. Daniel. Daniel and the lion's den. Daniel. His face turned pale. And notice his last statement. But I kept the matter to myself. He was so troubled (laughs) by the message of this nightmare. Even though... In the end, we win. (laughs) He was so troubled by it, he didn't even tell anybody. He can go talk about it. He just turned inward, and he was depressed. I don't know about you. (laughs) That encourages me. And at the same time, it discourages me, (laughs) if you know what I mean. I thought about it deeply. I thought about it so deeply, I came up with this statement. Let me read it for you. Despite the truth revealed that one day all the saints would reign with Christ forever, the painful future prior to this becoming reality caused Daniel great anxiety. I spent so much time thinking this through. I'm going to take the time to read it again. Despite the truth revealed that one day all the saints would reign with Christ forever, the painful future prior to this becoming reality caused Daniel great anxiety. This is real life, man. Here's what the Bible declares, Ephesians chapter 1. When the times will have reached their fulfillment, when all prophecy is fulfilled, Christ comes back to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. That's what's coming. That's what's going to happen. I'm as sure of it as I'm standing on this stage. And I'm as certain that I'm going to rule and reign with Christ as my name is Danny Hodges. It's going to happen. I know that I win in the end. I know that. There's not a shred of doubt in my mind. It's going to happen. 
But here's the present reality. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8. Would you say this with me? Come on, here we go. You ready? In putting everything under him, God left nothing that is not subject to him. Yet, at present, we do not see everything subject to him. There's the rub. I call them troublesome truths. That's what Daniel 7 is all about. That's really the message of Daniel 7. It's truth, prophetic truth. I don't have any doubt about the truth of any of it. (laughs) And I know we win in the end, but there's a lot of things in between here and the end that I just don't enjoy thinking about. And I'm telling you, I could have filled up pages and pages and pages of Scripture. But I'll just give you a sampling because I know you're going to be hungry in just a few minutes. Probably already hungry now. Here's the truth from the Bible. The last days are the most difficult. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, and he said, mark this, mark this. You make sure you note it, Timothy. There'll be terrible times in the last days. You might as well throw the American dream out the window in terms of prophecy. It's not there. won't happen. Here's the truth of the Bible, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's going to get worse before it gets better. You know one of the things that really troubles me deeply? I mean deeply. I'm as American as anybody. I will die for this country. I love my country. I've been to a lot of countries in the world, a lot of countries doing missions over the years, all over the world. There's no place like America. Why? Despite all the problems we have, listen, I always want to come back to America. I love America. God has blessed America. But here's what troubles me. I want to do everything I can by my vote, by my preaching, by my practice in life. I want to see America come back to its Judeo-Christian roots. I love America, but I can't find the America that I know and love in the end times. I don't like that. I don't like thinking about it. I'm not a doomsday kind of guy, but the reality is America, according to these prophecies, is not the superpower in the end. What I see in terms of the direction America's heading, we're going to be just like Rome. We're going to implode. I don't like that. I don't want that. I know we say, not for me, but for my grandkids. I understand that. I got grandkids. But prophecy to be fulfilled, I can't find the America that I know and love. It's not there. It's just not there. And that's just a troublesome truth. I got to deal with it. We got to deal with it. I don't like the truth that broad is the road that leads to destruction. I don't like that. I don't like that. People say that. If you like that, you got got real problems. Narrow is the road that leads to life, not because the road is clear. It's clearly marked. Jesus is the only way. It's clearly marked. There's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only Savior of the world. Red, yellow, black, and white. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter your nationality. Doesn't matter your religious background. Jesus is the only answer. And most people are not, are not going to submit their lives to him. Most people are not going to receive him as Lord and Savior. That's a tragedy. It's an eternal tragedy. Breaks my heart. I don't like thinking about it. And the older I get, I have a really difficult time thinking about eternal damnation. 
I don't want to go with the Jehovah's Witnesses and think they're just annihilated. And that's a nice belief. It's just not according to the Bible. Not what the Bible says. These are troublesome truths, I'm telling you. I mean, can I continue? Okay, I will. I don't want to. I don't want to, but I will. I don't like Job 14.1. I don't like it. I just don't like it because I've lived it. I still am. Man is a few days in full of troubles. I don't, it's not going to take you too long to realize we live in a cursed world. We live in a cursed world. This is not a perfect world, and there's no such thing. You have one good vacation. Don't go on another one. Because your second one probably won't match up the first one. Because there are problems. I mean, there's all kinds of issues in life. It's a, it's a cursed world. Man's a few days in full trouble. I mean, you get through prom and all of a sudden real life hits. Life's full of troubles, hardships. And no matter how you try to avoid them, they're going to come. You can't escape them. For example... I don't like Hebrews 9.27. It's appointed unto man once to die. I don't like that. I know where I'm going. I know I'm going to be with Jesus. But I don't want to think about death. But I understand that's reality. And so on our vacation, I took an extra book with me. Reading my Bible every day, my devotional time. But, but I'm also reading a chapter a day of Billy Graham's book called Nearing Home. He wrote it when he was 90 three years old. You say, why would you read a book like that? Because I'm getting old. (laughs) Listen to what he says in the introduction. I never thought I would live to be this old. All my life I was taught how to die as a Christian, but no one ever taught me how to live in the years before I die. That perked my interest. I wish they had because I'm an old man now, and believe me, it's not easy. Whoever first said it was right, old age is not for sissies. Get any group of older people together, and I can almost guarantee what their favorite topic of conversation will be, their latest aches and pains. (laughs) This book both encouraged me and discouraged me because he dealt with the practical realities of growing old. And the encouragement for me is I want to be like Billy Graham because he finished well. He held the torch of faith high. And he did it until the very end. I want to learn from men like him. I want to learn from men like Daniel. You ever think about your personal prophetic path? You don't want to think about it too much because it'll get morbid if you're not careful. You start wondering, I wonder what God has down the road. And you start fearing the future. I wonder what's going to happen, you know. What's going to happen with the kids? What's going to happen with me personally? You know, we... We get these dreams of wanting to be a great man or woman of God. And we all, of course, want to be a great man or woman of God. But when you stop and think that through, you understand what you're saying? Daniel, the dude is deported from his homeland as a teenager. When he gets to Babylon, they castrated him. Did you hear what I just said? Dream of getting married, dream of a family, that's gone. They tested him to his very core. They tempted him with the delicacies of Babylon. But he stayed true, so much so that he's willing to die. They throw him into a den of lions. God miraculously delivers him, but Daniel didn't know he'd be delivered. God wasn't through with him yet. 
spent 70 years in Babylon, and he comes to this time in chapter 7 as an older saint, and now this rebel Belshazzar has taken the throne, and Daniel gets a fresh prophetic dream, but it's a nightmare. (laughs) It's beastly. And he gets depressed. He gets depressed. Daniel, how many Jewish women dreamed of being the mother of the Messiah? But as much as you wanted to be privileged to conceive and carry the Christ child, listen to what they said to Mary prophetically, Luke chapter 2 in the Christmas story, and a sword will pierce your soul too. What an awesome privilege to conceive and carry the Christ child and to give him birth and to care for him those early years of his life. But then she, as a mother, watched her young son crucified on a Roman cross for things he did not do. You talk about a painful path. You can't get more painful than that. That was God's will for her child. Peter, want to be Peter? Yeah, Peter. Peter, when you were young... You dressed the way you wanted to dress. You went where you wanted to go. But when you're old, Peter, they're going to dress you in a way you don't want to be dressed, and they're going to lead you to where you don't want to go. Peter, follow me. Peter, follow me. So what do you do? You do what Daniel had to do. He must have done. Because he did finish well. We know that. But this was a tough time. So what do you do? Say it with me. You ready? Come on. Here we go. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Life's tough, man. and Life can get tougher. And the challenge when you come to those times where you're actually so down in the dumps that you are depressed by life, and sometimes depressed by the truth that God reveals to you. The challenge then is to get your eyes on Jesus. We know how it ends. Say this with me. You ready? I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. I think about that verse so often, especially when I'm down in the dumps. And it doesn't always cause you to just snap right out of it. But man, when you really stop and meditate on that truth, and when you think by contrast how bad the Bible says it's going to get before it gets better, man, when it gets better, it's going to be better with a capital B. One day, I won't have to think about getting old anymore. One day, I'm going to look good, and I'm going to look good forever. We have hair, flowing hair, Samson kind of a body, you know. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. I learned it in the King James Version, obviously. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. For we'll see him as he is. It really is true. I pinch myself and I go, I'm studying it. I'm being reminded of the truth of the future. And in the end, we win. But the challenges of life and the challenges of the truth about what lies between here and the end can be very, very troubling, can be downright discouraging. 
And that's why we got to keep our perspective. Put one foot in front of the other every day. And by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And one day in the end, we'll stand before him. And oh, what a wonderful thing to be able to hear him say, well done, good and faithful, faithful servant. Thanks for joining us today on The Living Word with Pastor Danny Hodges. Daniel found himself in a place of being the odd man out when he was in exile in Babylon, a pagan land. But Daniel didn't let the ways of those around him change who he was and what he believed in. He still held strong to his faith in the Lord. Have you ever found yourself being the odd one out for what and who you believe in? Learn from Daniel. Don't let others get between you and God. People come and go, but God remains faithful. If you'd like to hear this teaching from the book of Daniel again or hear more from Pastor Danny, visit our website at ccfstpete.church. Just look under the resources tab and click on teachings. You can also connect with us through social media. Look for links to Facebook, Instagram, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you'll be notified as soon as we upload new videos. We would also like to invite you to join our Bible reading plan. Also under the resources tab at ccfstpete.church. If you're looking for a church, we'd be happy to meet you at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. All the information you need is at ccfstpete.church, along with links to join us through the live stream. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in for today's edition of The Living Word.